Today, uh, our topic is, uh, are millennials healthier than boomers? And we have a special guest that's going to be coming on later on in the show. But before he comes on, I want us to kind of just talk a little bit about our own experiences with our own health, our sense of wellness, um, and things like that as millennials. Um, I do want to kind of start us off with just some general information because I, of course, like to see what's buzzing in the news with whatever topic we're talking about. And just from my research, it's uh, millennials, which is us, we've been labeled as the most health conscious generation ever because of a couple of reasons. One, we have a lot of access to medical information. Um, there's a, a lot of different like foodie groups and a lot of do-it-yourself um, and quick, kind of quick fix healthy meals that we have access to, to finding out about. Um, and I think generations before us just didn't have that access as quickly. They couldn't go on Instagram and find a recipe or go on Pinterest and build out a board that they could share with their peers. The other thing is that we have seen the negative impact of bad health choices um, from generations before us. And I think we've taken that and it's built a sense of awareness um, and, and consciousness in our own lives. And I think that's a part of why we also are super health conscious or at least try to be. Um, so check out these statistics. According to um, some data collected by a group called the Halo Group, 65% of people born after 1975 regularly consult either a nutritionist or a dietitian. 58% um, or, uh, sorry, I apologize. 66, uh, 65% consult a nutrition, 58% consult a dietitian. Um, 54% have a personal trainer um, and consult that personal trainer about their food choices. Another study showed that nine out of 10 millennials consider healthy eating to be one of the pillars of wellness, so much so that 77% exclude from their diet whatever they believe could be harmful to their health. This is compared to a mere 12% of baby boomers. Millennial consumers also, it seems, value the ethical and ecological origins of food, followed by baby boomers. So it's interesting because we do value not only uh, when it comes to health-conscious choices, it's not just about eating healthy, but it's also about doing what might be best for the environment, what's best for our pockets, and what's best for our overall, our overall sense of wellness. Um, so I'd like to open it up to my other co-host to talk a little bit about your journey with health and wellness. I know for me, um, I work out at least five out of seven days a week. I try to eat pretty healthy, um, eat uh, not to have a lot of carbs, try to eat pretty clean, not to have a lot of sugars um, and things like that. And um, I find that that's what keeps me healthy and keeps me going. Now, I have spiraled into some unhealthy habits over the years when I've been particularly stressed out um, in my career but I did make a conscious decision to be consistent with my health. And um, since then, I've seen a lot of gains. I feel like I look more youthful. I feel youthful. Um, I feel healthy. I'm able to give. I'm able to deliver um, in, a, in a more healthy way and, and have a lot more capacity since I've decided to be more health conscious. Um, so I'll go ahead and open it up to the other co-hosts. We've got Kylie and uh, Malcolm with us tonight. And go ahead and talk to us about your fitness journey um, and, and where you stand with your health-conscious choices. I do yoga. Um, and uh, as far as cooking, I like to cook at home and try new things. It's fun to, you know, experiment with new things and try new things that are healthy. And I see 
as millennials, it all boils down to social media again because things that are trending are things that we kind of latch on to. So if you look at social media, there's so many people out there that are doing different trending workouts. You know, the CrossFit fad happens, the Zumba thing, you know, all of those things. And it gives more people access to those types of workouts and things that they wouldn't have known about if they were not on social media. So it's kind of recruiting people to these different types of workout trends or diets um, and things like that. Awesome. Malcolm, do we have you on the line? Look, so what I was saying, what I was saying was that um, as far as my journey goes, I I noticed that diet and nutrition, diet and exercise go hand in hand. And, you can't do too much of one and less of the other. If you are working out on a specific part part of your body, you know, um, the food that you eat um, must complement your your work your workout routine. You know, a lot of people think that, oh, because I hit the gym, you know, because I uh, lift weights or I go run, I can just eat whatever I want to eat, you know. And that information, like you said before, like it's a lot of information on how to eat healthy, you know, on different diet routines that that people uh, try to follow. But um, I noticed that some of them take on that concept. Since this information is available, I could easily just uh, grab one of these routines and, you know, uh, become fit again, you know. So in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, uh, uh, Involved myself in a lot of the worldly pleasures, but I found myself um, cutting out a lot of different foods because I wanted to live a healthier life, you know. And more, moving toward moving toward the uh, the vegan world and eating um, just having a plant based diet, you know, I found was was best for me. And continuing with my working out and drinking a lot of water. I don't even think people drink enough water, you know, uh, on top of it, uh, included in their daily routine, you know, outside of the food that they eat, their bodies being dehydrated and and your cells need water, you know, to carry out its function. So for me, I just came across the information that's been placed out there and uh, utilized it to the uh, benefit of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's interesting that you say that too when you bring up like just some of those different things that people don't you know people not drinking water and things like that I learned when I started this the fitness journey that um, when you actually start drinking water consistently a gallon of water every day consistently you actually can drop about five pounds within that week because a lot of times when you're not drinking the required amount of water your body holds out to the water that's inside of you and so you end up having a bunch of water weight So drinking water can actually help you lose weight, and a lot of people don't know that. And I think that also speaks to the fact that people just aren't educated um, on what to do. Um, And I feel like that is like what what a lot of this research is saying is that we just have so much at our fingertips. I've even found myself um, educating my mom on certain things when it comes to health and fitness and being like, no, mom, I don't use butter like that anymore on this or that. I don't eat like that anymore. Certain things that I had growing up. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, we always had Kool-Aid in the house and it was like 10 scoops of sugar, um, and lemon juice and just, and it was like, and you had to have the 10 scoops of sugar. 
And I don't even have Kool-Aid in my house now. Um, it's just not, you know, things that I don't eat. When I when my parents made oatmeal for me as a kid, they always put butter and sugar in it. And I'm like, now I can eat oatmeal um, with fruit in it and be completely fine. So I think it's just about getting educated and and understanding what works and what doesn't. Because I noticed um, a lot of people in my family did develop heart disease and people are getting cancer and high blood pressure and diabetes. And I'm like, that's all food related. You know, that's all food related. So um, soul food is good and it tastes good and, you know, and I love it, but you know, it might be good for the soul, but it's definitely not good for the body. (laughs) And I've noticed too with the water and the diet, um, for me, if I have a few days where, you know, I might drink some alcohol or I might be out of town and I'm not really getting my water intake in, the way that your body feels is completely different. I kind of look at it like your your body is like a vehicle and you have to give yourself that fuel in order for your body to run. And I notice that when I am eating things that aren't necessarily healthy or a lot of carbs or fats or things like that, I, I'm sleepier, I don't have as much energy, and I notice at work I'm not as productive. So it's crazy how you think about your body and how you feel your body, how it affects all aspects of your life. I think it, it is a lot of bad habits that's been passed down, you know, through generation from eating soul food to drinking alcohol and just consuming a lot of toxic thing, um, things and putting it into our body. And these toxins are, the the result of these toxins are the diseases that people develop, you know, from eating these foods. And my question is, why is it that even though information, like before we could say, oh, people didn't know that information wasn't available, but now the information is available. Why do you think that is people continue to, you know, eat the way that they eat, knowing that cause these different type of problems to themselves? No different than a person that continues to smoke cigarettes, knowing what happens, well, knowing what right. the cigarette will eventually do, you know, to their body, to uh, to their performance and everything. The same thing is with food. Food is a drug for some people. People will continue to eat a certain food knowing its effects on their body, but they will not stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Um, what's interesting is that two things. One is that there are things in the foods that we eat, and particularly in the United States, foods that we eat here that are banned in other countries because of some of the terrible things in them. And some of those things are addicting. There are things that are, there are chemicals that are in Cheetos that are, are just as addicting as drugs that make you want to, that make you crave it and want it. Sugar is the same way. And it's just interesting that in our country, we, you know, we're okay with some of these things. And that's why I think it's, you know, being a millennial and us wanting to access information so much, we're bringing, we're shedding light on all of, on all of these things. So I think even though people aren't, everyone's not changing their habits, I think there is some sort of evolution happening where people are becoming more conscious about it. Um, also, what's interesting too, as I was um, doing some research is that millennials, uh, another reason why millennials are super big and I'm being health conscious and caring about their well, our, our well-being is that uh, because we have a new age addiction that's technology. 
And that technology also drives our image of self. So, you know, people on Instagram that look skinny and are showing their fitness journey. I myself, my fitness journey, I post it on Facebook and show people, hey, I lost this weight. You know, I try to motivate people. But, you know, it's interesting because that's also um, kind of sh- shapes people's image of themselves and they want to compare themselves to others. And that ties into us wanting to be health conscious. Um, and so I think it's interesting because it's kind of like, hmm, are we really health conscious because we care about living longer or are we health conscious because we want to look good for the gram? <laughs> I think those, kind of ties, I think those Instagram. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just about to say. I, I was going to say the same thing. If those yeah, Instagram uh, photos, yeah, right, ties right into last week. Like some of those people, some of those people do do look for attention from others so badly that they won't even think to work out, exercise, eat right. You know, they'll go right to a surgeon, get all of that. Uh, plastic surgery, everything remodeled on them, and then start posting workout videos and food like you know they done went through the process and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it be it's a lot of fraud stuff going on out there. Yeah. You know, after they run that picture through fifteen filters. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting too because it's um uh and sorry I'm just I'm throwing out a lot of the research here but. Uh, something else that that's um, their research is how many tech devices we each have, and it says that millennials can use up to two to three tech devices at a time, which actually has negative effects on our health, such as our sleep, anxiety, um, increased amounts of uh, sleepwalking, mental illness, all those things. So it's interesting because it's like on the one hand, we care so much about what we eat and the choices we're making there, but on the other hand, our addiction to these other things are causing lapses in our health. Um, so it's just interesting when we talk about that, that are we actually healthier than baby boomers or are we just healthier in one area? And so that's, that's kind of a, a really interesting thing because I feel like while we're, we're, we're making strides in one area, we're almost backtracking in so many other areas. There's another study that was done on social media that proves that when you uh when millennials and generations under us don't have our cell phones we actually have many anxiety attacks our heart rate increases um we start and we start to experience what you would experience during an anxiety attack and so that's another interesting thing in terms of because that can't be healthy you know what i mean so i don't know yeah, I could, I could, I can agree with that anxiety attack thing happening because listen, you got a lot of information in your phone nowadays. You got photos, you got bank information. Like, shoot, I start sweating right now thinking about misplacing my phone. <laughs> For real. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and then for all the listeners out there, I will make sure when we come back from the break that we'll be coming back to our actual no sleep opening song. I've realized how to use this stuff. I'm look at me. I learned how to do it y'all. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we come back to that, but also no when we come back, we will have a special guest who will be joining us to further this conversation about health choices and are millennials indeed healthier than boomers and also giving us some resources and insight on healthy choices that we could be making um, and talk to us a little bit about gardening at home and, and creating a healthy lifestyle. So we'll be right back. 
listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... Could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for life empowerment programs like Career Reels with Carolyn. We understand that many of our listeners need career advice to advance their careers to the next level, and others need advice on finding a job. We have been blessed with the addition of Ms. Carolyn Owens to our network. Carolyn is the chairwoman and CEO of Infinity Coaching Incorporated, which provides career, leadership, and life coaching that moves individuals forward, allowing them to take command of their lives. With over 25 years of proven experience, she is a leading authority on leadership and professional development and has worked with and trained top leaders across the globe. Her show, Career Reels with Carolyn, may be heard the second Monday of every month at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Career Reels is a show that discusses how you can become the star of your life. Carolyn and her guests will share with you tips and strategies on how you can reach and stay at the top of your game. You'll also hear about hot topics and trends that can make a difference in your career or business. So tune in the second Monday of each month to hear Career Reels live and get hired or take your career to the next level. For more information, 
visit Carolyn's page on our website at cwrtalknetwork.com. People been saying to your friends, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. everyone and um, I'm really excited that I figured this out Um, and also really excited to welcome our guest host tonight Um, so his name is Derek Bryant I actually know him pretty well and he actually started a program called We Start Gardens and he's a a recreation leader for the county of Santa Clara and what he does is he and because I know we're talking about health conscious choices and things like that Derek starts gardens. He, he supports that, that choice to be health conscious, but in a way that is more interpersonal for people. How can you grow your own vegetables um, and, and, take care of, and take care of them and eat them and cook them for your family? And not just like, because I know when we think about gardens, we think about people that might live out in the suburbs that have these beautiful gardens, but he also shows people how to start urban gardens, how to do it Right, you know, if you live in the city, if you go to an inner city school, um, he started a gardening program at uh, elementary school in our neighborhood, and families were actually able to eat off of those vegetables, and he himself also um, eats from his own garden. So I think it's really important to kind of think about millennials that are taking this idea of health conscious, healthy conscious choices and taking it to that level and also being an example for the community. So I want to go ahead and just... Um, Welcome, Derek. And um, Derek, you can go ahead and just um, talk a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing, and then we'll go ahead and get into the interview. Uh, hi, yes. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me all right? Yep. Yeah, welcome. All right, yes. Um, yeah, that was that was a great intro. I, I, right now I, I am working for the city of Santa Clara, and um, – they, um, for the first time, started their first community garden. Um, they hired me because of my entrepreneur spirit. Um, I have, uh, as you said, started a business um, helping families do gardens in their backyard, creating curriculum for schools. Um, and I also uh, took a lot of training. I, I, went to, I, was, I went to school at the University of YouTube. So, uh, actually, I didn't have any formal training in gardening at all. I, it's something that I learned on my own. That's the power of today's world. We can learn anything we want with the access to information. And I uh, started getting certificates. I'm a master composter. I was trained in drought-tolerant landscape. You know, living in California, you got to kind of know uh, how much water you're using. And, um, yeah, I just I, I spend my days just, 
kind of gardening all the time. I own a community garden plot as well as run a community garden plot for the city. So I have two two gardens in two different cities, and and I just I just can't get enough of it really, and I can't get enough of teaching people and enabling people how to do it themselves. It's, it's a it's kind of like a mission of mine. It's my form of it's one of my forms of activism, if you if you will. That's awesome, Derek. Thank you so much. Um, so we'll go ahead and just get started. Um, so, I mean, what made you start gardening? Did you grow up with it around you? How how did you get into it? Yeah, um, no, I, I didn't have any access to any kind of garden training. There was no garden in my school. Uh, I, I live in a kind of suburban, urban area. Um, so, you know, our part, we didn't have community gardens really, or at least I had no access to it. But when I lived on the East Coast, I lived in this apartment building, and in the back there was a community garden. And I just remember going out there and just like when I needed a moment to get out of the apartment, tiny little apartment, I would just go and sit and just look at the plants. And uh, I didn't know what was happening to me, uh, but I guess somehow some seed got sprouted in me, so to speak. So when I moved back to California and got inside a, of a backyard, I I planted a tomato and I planted just a few things from Home Depot to try it myself. And um, and it grew. And it wasn't my first time trying to grow something. Uh, the first time I ever tried to throw some seeds in the ground, I totally failed and I was very discouraged. But this time, my plants grew and um, I ate tomatoes, and it was like trying a tomato for the first time in my life. Uh, I, I had never really been a healthy, conscious person as far as eating. I love to eat out. I would spend all my work money on, you know, on restaurant food, and, and I'm a fancy restaurant food guy. I would get, like, the most expensive stuff on the meal. And But, you know, once I really discovered what food tastes like, um, and then I went on to uh, grow so much that I was sharing it with my neighbors. I was sharing it with my coworkers. And the joy that they got from the food plus the satisfaction I got from providing that to them, it just all kind of clicked. And, and um, I also started gardening at a time where there was a lot of turmoil in my life. And, and you know, the first thing I would do when I would get home from work is, go outside and garden, and it was a real way for me to decompress. So all those together, you know, sharing the joy of gardening, that sense of accomplishment uh, by seeing it through, and then um, and then sharing it with other people, I, I, I haven't been able to look back. And I'm now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really addicted to gardening, and I could be addicted to a lot, a lot of worse things. So I think it's a healthy addiction. Absolutely. Um, so – I think, I mean, it's really great that, you know, just how you got into it. And I feel like um, you just have been an example for the community. And I know you said, you know, once you tasted it, it was like tasting, tasting it for the first time. And so how did that transcend into you wanting to bring it, bring gardening to the community? What made you want to bring it to the community and want to educate people? Yeah, well, you know, when I was bringing food to my coworkers or my neighbors, you know, uh, they were really impressed which made me really proud, you know. Um, I, I, they would ask me to bring them more food. <laughs> uh, they yeah. would ask me to, to start a garden in their backyard, and then, they, or they, and then they would ask me to teach them how to garden. 
And I realized that, uh, wow, I just developed a skill that a lot of people don't have. And we're talking people that were my age, um, that a, a skill to be desired to have. Um, and so I decided to take it a step further, and I took some classes at the local community college on environmental mm-hmm. issues and found out that uh, food justice is a thing, you know, and that um, there are food deserts all over in, in urban areas where people don't have access to healthy food and that there's a lot of food insecurity. Um, and so I decided to turn this passion and this, this kind of uh, this need that people wanted into a business and then, uh, and then in, into schools, which evolved into curriculum for schools. And because now, you know, a lot of the schools are trying to bring back garden programs, but teachers really don't have the time to implement that in their program with all the crazy testing that they have to do. So I became a service to the teachers and service to people in their homes uh, uh, and educating them. And, you know, the whole adage, like, I don't want to, I could catch fish for you or I could teach you how to fish. And it's the, you know, the, 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 it's the same. It's a very similar analogy where I could I could grow food for you, or I could teach you how to grow in your apartment, in a community garden, in your front yard, even on that little strip in between your sidewalk and and the street. You can garden right there. Um, uh, gorilla gardening, all kinds of ways that you can grow your own food. And so uh, that's yeah, that's how I I grew to start educating people. That's awesome. uh, so my question, I'm oh, sorry, my question was this, um, with the food deserts, understanding that a lot of those urban communities are, are two or three miles away from the local market that can supply them with fresh food, um, what is the solution that you come up with, or is, it, is your solution just um, planting, uh, doing urban garden? Or are you partnering with somebody to, you know, try to combat that issue of food, food deserts? Right. So, I mean, we're, if, we're ta- if we're talking about food insecurity for our urban areas, it's going to take a lot more well, than than urban gardening. It is. It is. And, and right. unfortunately, actually, uh, gardening uh, can be done by anyone in any space. But um, it is it is time consuming. Even in my community garden that I'm running now, majority of the applicants are senior citizens who have more time to do it. So um, it's not just about growing your own food, but there are many programs out there uh, that I have become friends with that are are taking. Um, they are enabling people, young people or ex-convicts people who need jobs to open up these fresh food carts at these corner stores where it's really sad where you can buy a, a bag of chips for a dollar, but an ear of corn is $3. And so there, uh, this is the health trust is the organization that is putting uh, these, these uh, carts at, at foods at, um, excuse me, uh, little corner stores, liquor stores. There's also a, a group called Valley Verde out here, a nonprofit group, and if you qualify for low income, they'll they'll establish, they'll give you the wood, and they'll come. Volunteers will come to your house, give you, uh, build you a bed, put some dirt in that bed, some great soil, and provide plants, and then put you through a program to teach you 
how to do your own garden. And, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of access now these days, but, you know, a lot of these organizations need to be a bit more conscious to serve these underserved areas. I mean, as we know, there's farmer's markets everywhere, but sometimes the farmer's market is not close enough to these urban areas. It's not walking distance for people who may not have cars. Or they'll do it on a Thursday when people have to work. So these, you know, um, for those of you out there that are trying to start, you know, these, these conscious companies that are bringing food to people, you have to make it accessible for them. Do it on a Saturday or a Sunday and um, or and put it in a park that's closer to them. And, uh, I mean, there's so many programs out there. Right now I'm Make it affordable, companies. right? Yeah, make it make it affordable as well. Um, even in my community, uh, uh, I live in Milpitas. It's a it's a suburban community, but it's also a blue collar community. Whole Foods will not come. Trader Joe's will not come to our community because we're still blue collar. And you know that's not only are they very expensive, but they won't even come. So that's double uh, anti access. You know that's that's less access that we have. But uh, I have to also highlight a few other companies that are I, I don't know I don't know their names right now I apologize but there are many companies popping up that will take reclaimed food food that um, that these farms will discard 50% of the food that's grown on these farms never make it to the retail stores simply because they don't look pretty simply because they're a little bit um, deformed, but they're just as healthy. So there's a lot of companies out there that are taking these foods and bringing, giving it access to us, to these urban areas, or taking school lunches, which are being thrown away at the end of the day, and providing it to people that are in food insecure. So no, urban gardening is not like going to solve food insecurity at all. But I will always advocate for food, for growing your own food. Just, just for that reason, um, for not only just health, uh, uh, nutritional health, but there is a huge mental and emotional health with being outdoors, uh, developing a plant, uh, grooming this plant, and then, re- and then receiving from this plant and, and, and taking in the food that you have grown, the sense of accomplishment and just being outside is very helpful for people in low-income, underserved areas. To, uh, uh, so that's why I was always advocate for that as well. Okay. Man, you just sounded like a preacher right there. I think I need to say amen. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's awesome because, we, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing the information, but also sharing the resources and the sense of agency that you have around being conscious because making healthy choices, um, it goes beyond just thinking about yourself. It's thinking about the community and how everyone can have access to it. So now I kind of want to ask you the burning question, just bring it to our um, more pointed uh, discussion here. Do you think millennials, are, which you're a millennial, Derek, are more health conscious than generations before, no, especially compared to baby no, boomers? Right, right. I, I don't think that we are more health conscious. Not at all. I think, you know, anyone that has a child becomes, starts becoming health conscious. They want the best for their kid. And I think, you know, the baby boomers grew up at a time where the fast food in after World War II, the fast food industry took off. Uh, you know, they started industrializing how the food was made. 
uh, microwaves and TV dinners became the norm. And for, you know, uh, women who were raising their family in the household and, you know, uh, anyone who, who is a stay-at-home mother knows it's not a hard, it's not an easy job to take care of a whole family and, and everything around it. And so the access to, to having quick food was very important. However, they did not know that that food was unhealthy. So I think that they were just as health conscious as us, but um, it was the way to, to have the fast food. Um, now, as millennials, we are also just as health conscious, but we are also more informed. We have the, uh, the, the, the privilege of time and access to information to know that that processed food um, that is out there that it's easy to get is not good for us. The, and there's evidence in the rays of obesity, of blood pressure, um, of, and cancer. And there's so much uh, studies out there how processed foods are, are, are contributing to that. So um, I think it's really just the access of information uh, yeah. that makes us different than the baby boomers, not so much the consciousness of it. Mm, okay. Oh, well, I was going to say, um, I live in Little Rock, and some of our, I guess, millennial generation, they had um, pushed for low-income families to be able to afford healthier foods. And so one thing that they had done was um, they got it to where you could go to the local farmer's market, and they accept food stamps and EBT cards. Um, so it's kind of one thing that millennials kind of, started here. So with what you do, would you say that your the people that are helping you with your mission and your goals, are they more baby boomers or are they in fact um younger millennials? Um I when I when I was getting into this uh field, I would I would volunteer a lot at uh the urban farms out here, the small scale farms that are certified organic. And you would see a lot of millennials out there getting their hands dirty. And it was very refreshing to be out there with uh, millennials uh, picking the fruit and really trying to connect back to the earth. I, I, I think of millennials as, um, you know, uh, we're really attracted to uh, food gardening for, for many reasons. It's very creative, first of all. We're a very creative generation. And you know to design a garden and 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 build it and, and plant the plants that you want is a very creative thing. We're also a very nostalgic generation. You know we have no problems getting our our clothes from thrift shops and vintage and antique music and clothes and and gardening is also kind of a throwback for us. Uh, so I, I and there's also a lot of studies. Uh, the actual it's called the National gardening survey comes out annually and every year they're saying that there's an uptick in in seed sales in um in nursery sales and just garden activities they survey they survey the activities and the sales and it's millennials who are buying these products so we have a big part in advancing this agenda. It's also very trendy. I have to admit, millennials are trendy. And as necessary as I think urban gardening is, as as the population grows, as we lose more land space, 
Um, as we as the big farms deplete the soil, urban gardening, conscious gardening that is local is more important, but is also very trendy. So that works. Um, but you know, in my experience, also it, it, it is also the senior citizens that are have more time to do it. So there is that barrier. There's there's to to really run a farm, and I give a lot of my free time to a garden. You know, I spend some Saturdays while other people are partying in my garden. But I, I again, it's kind of my form of um, activism. It's my form of keeping he- uh, physically healthy. I get really physical in the garden, and um, and I, I, millennials do have a great role in, in pushing this agenda. But we gotta we I, we do have to make it more accessible for them somehow. And and I just think it just starts with growing one plant like I did. That's really all it takes, growing one, two plants, and, and sowing, finding that accomplishment in doing it can go a long way. Hmm. Hey, Absolutely. I had, a conversation with a, I had a conversation with a guy not too long ago, and he, was, he explained, when he was describing me that all food that we eat is, genet- is genetically modified. So individuals should not be uh, picky about what they eat because everything has been genetically modified uh, on this planet already. Would you agree with that? I I mean, I I would agree with that. I I mean, the broccoli is something that has been, you know, crossbred and designed, uh, you know, and, and, you know, genetically modified doesn't doesn't typically mean that it's, it's, you know, that their DNA was altered. Like I used the example of the broccoli or the cauliflower. Um, those were just scientists taking two kinds of plants and over time continuing to breed them until you get the type of plant that you want. Now, so is um, there a difference between a hybrid and a genetically modified plant? Yeah, yeah, there is. There is a, a hybrid plant would be exactly the example I just said, where you take two plants and you kind of crossbreed them to, to make something new. And a genetically modified plant is taking the DNA from one plant and putting it into another. There are studies that genetically modified organisms can actually over time change our DNA. There's not enough studies on it. But that's why it's really up to us, uh, the voting public, to make sure that if you are scared of genetically modified uh, plants, which I, I'm particularly not. Me, I, I, I would agree with your friend that, it's kind of hard to tell what is and what isn't genetically modified, but if we, you know, uh, write to our to our uh, our public administrations to get um, the correct food labeling, then we can make those more conscious decisions. I think that's where we should go as far as the food industry. You don't have to stop making processed foods, but you should label them correctly. You can continue to make genetically modified plants, which are you know, with climate change, genetically modified food could really save the world. It's a big debate. Uh, we may lose a lot of our food because of climate change, and, and GMOs can help change that. But we deserve the right to choose what we put in our bodies at the end of the day. We deserve right to access and choice. And so we need to be voting and making sure that these companies are labeling right. the food appropriately. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. Obvious. Yeah, 
Thank you so much, Derek, for everything that you said. Um, I just felt like you gave us an abundance of knowledge around gardening, around food, uh, health conscious choices, around access, and, and really that call out of, look, this is what we've got to do together, um, regardless of what generation you're from. Because the work that you're doing is a perfect example of millennials and baby boomers coming together to actually do something positive. And so I think that that, you know, speaks volumes to um, us working together collectively to be a more health-conscious health society. Uh, so before um, we let you go, is there anything else that you wanted to point out, Derek, that you feel is significant for, for us to know? I mean, yeah, I, you know, as as far as growing plants and, and, you know, there's all kinds of gardening that you can do to kind of, uh, you can do succulent gardening and you could do a rock garden if you want, but getting outside, getting away from that screen, spending that time outside. If you have children, bringing your kids outside is very, very healthy for the brain. And as far as growing your own food, I, I don't always think of it as just, you know, um, I have a trouble saying his name, but the old philosopher Hippocrates and what every doctor prescribes to is that let food be our medicine. So every time you grow a plant and you eat that food, I pop it in my mouth like it's a piece of medicine that will prevent me from getting cancer one day, that will prevent me from, you know, developing this obesity that is rampant in our community. So just remind yourself that you can really prevent a lot of diseases by, by eating organically and thinking of it as medicine um, to prevent uh, illness instead of take popping pills to treat illnesses that you already get. So, you know, that's, that's one big takeaway I want us to think of is that, you know, uh, that's, that's it right there. And I really appreciate uh, your time for letting me speak my mind. And uh, I love the show. Keep it up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Derek. And uh, maybe we'll call you again in the future for something else because I know you, you have a wealth of knowledge on a, a lot of different topics. But thank you so much, and I'll definitely make sure to um, share your information or maybe if there is some sort of social media or anything where people can reach you because I already have people inquiring about how, you know, how they can grow food in their house, how they can do different things, and I feel like um, you'd be a great resource. So is there a way that people can reach you if they need to? Um, how about this? Um I mean, uh, how about I connect you? When you post this, you do post these things. I will also give you a link when you post these uh, these these, these uh, podcasts. Is that all right? Yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah. perfect, that's, perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, um, and we'll definitely share that. Um, and to my co-host, do you guys have anything else that you wanted to say or ask? No, I'm good over here. Appreciate you for coming on the show, bro. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we're going to go ahead um, and we're going to take a couple-minute break, and then we're going to come back and close out the show. Um, I want to thank Derek for coming on tonight. Uh, I I certainly took some notes for myself and am now thinking about growing a garden. And I have a huge backyard, but I have a couple dogs, but I'm thinking about putting a garden in my front yard now. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we just want to thank him and uh, thank our co-hosts for uh, engaging in such a, a fruitful conversation. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR 
EWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Listening. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move is called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has mom my. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman, something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right, but don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. All right. So welcome back. And we are going to go ahead and close out the show. Um, I actually thought that was just a really great segment. I had a great conversation um, with Derek. And I, I wanted to apologize again for what happened in the beginning. I was learning how to engineer the show. We usually have a different engineer, but he's got some, some things going on. And um, our hearts and our prayers and thoughts are with him right now. Um, but I had to kind of learn how to do it. So I do apologize for that break in the beginning. Um, but I did want to say this. So, um, Derek was talking about, you know, the importance of gardening and, and having access and awareness and, and kind of each one teach one, uh, that idea. And I wanted to just share this with you all, but uh, about how I know Derek, I know Derek because Derek is super successful in the community, but I also know him because he's my daughter's father. Um, and, and he actually introduced all these things to our daughter. Um, and we, we co-parent, so we're both married to different people, but, um, 
we value the same things when it comes to being conscious and aware of the, of the types of things that we're eating and especially the things that we're giving our child. And there was a moment that resonated with me and, and kind of got me really thinking about my own habits at my house. And it was one day I went to pick our daughter up. Her name is Lyric. I went to pick Lyric up from Derek's house and she said she was hungry and she walked to his garden and grabbed a piece of kale right out of the ground and ate it. And for me, that was a really beautiful moment because I felt like, wow, like my child would rather eat vegetables out of the ground than go to the store and get a bag of chips. And she's eight years old. And I will say she has an extremely sophisticated palate. She loves vegetables and she would rather eat them raw than cooked. She doesn't really like meat. She loves fruit and she's a really healthy eater. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with the seeds, literally, that Derek has been planting in her life. Um, and she's that, that generation, another, a couple of generations under us. So she can be an example for her classmates now. So I think it is really important to give people access um, and, and, and to build that awareness in our communities. Uh, so I encourage you all to get involved with whatever local and community gardens are happening. See if there are grants in your city for beautification projects where you could start small local gardens. Find out those companies that are taking discarded food and, and, and not wasting it and, and still selling it and distributing it to the community. And if you know anybody that has a farmer's market that's happening, encourage them to have it during times and days where it is accessible to everyone else. And of course, make sure that you educate the next person on the things that you're learning about making health conscious choices, because together and be a stronger and healthier society. So I do want to thank everyone for um, all their input tonight. Um, and then my co-hosts have anything they want to say before we close out. Go ahead. Yeah, most definitely. I would say that we are living in a time where a lot of us are eating to uh, live to eat when in turn we should be eating to live and mm. always, always trying to update yourself on information that you've discovered not just something that somebody has told you. And when you do start planting your gardens and uh, growing your own food, wash your vegetables before you eat it. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's also important to know at the same time that it's never too late to start making uh, healthy changes in your life as far as diet and exercise goes. Um, there's a lot of people that do it. I'm one of them. And if you, you know, I didn't, I was fortunate enough where I didn't have health problems that I have been able to drop quite a bit of weight. And so, you know, there, I don't think that you can be too old to start making those changes and it really can impact and make your life better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we thank you all for joining us. We look forward to talking to you next week um, and have a great night.